What's up? Seven Deuce Trace here on the Moto X Pod Show. What's up, you guys? Jeremy McGrath here. You are listening to Moto X Pod Show. What's up? Moto X Pod Show back again for another episode this week. Episode 191 brought to you by Acherbies USA, our title sponsor for decades. Acherbies has been the leader in moto plastic and accessories with products that fit perfectly, look amazing, and last. Acherbies has what you need. Visit acherbiesusa.com or call 1 800 659 1440. Let Brian Fullerton and Talon Volan know that we sent you. Tell them the Moto X Pod Show is the only show you listen to, even if it's not. I don't really care. X-Brand goggles on board. The Lucid goggle is out. We are about to have a whole bunch more in stock any day now, so check that out. Also, Berm Lords Graphics and Jersey ID. Hit them up at Berm Lords on Instagram. And if you uh, have any questions, graphics at bermlords.com. Also, Torque One Racing, Shock Socks, All Sport Dynamics, Wrist Braces, Blood Lubricant Oils, Fly Racing, Power Band Racing for you WP Suspension Guys, Extreme Colors, uh, if you guys listen to the commercials, a few of you do, I have not updated the price. It is uh, actually $3.95 for a helmet now, not $2.95. I will get that fixed. And, of course, Williams Moto Works on board. Um, speaking of fly racing, we will be giving away, away a fly podium stand this week. We're going to have a trivia question. You'll have to listen to the whole show to find out what that question is and what the answer is. Uh, this will be an archives giveaway, not YouTube. And we're also going to give away some R Jerky tonight. Another one of our titles, our new sponsor is R Jerky. Eat com. Use promo code MOTOXPODSHOW21 to save. But I'm going to give away some a package of the Sizzling Hot. You can't be a sissy if you try this stuff. This is the real deal. It's hot. Like my buddies at work said, it's stupid hot. It's so good. I love it. So if you're not a sissy and you want some Sizzling Hot R Jerky, we're going to give you a way to give that away. We'll tell you how to give that, get that later on. Also, tonight, Pedro Gonzalez, Kenny Taco Bell, and uh, some amateur kids, uh, the Jameson brothers. Their dad reached out, and uh, they're listeners, and he's just like, hey, do you ever have people like us on? They're just amateur racers. They race cross-country. They're six and five years old. And I was like, yeah, why not? Let's do it. Let's talk to the kids. Let's talk to the dad. It's a family event. They They – are trying to raise the kids right, teach them lessons through the sport, and I think it'll be really interesting to talk to them. So we're going to have them on. Very quick intro tonight because we're running up against the time schedule for Pedro Gonzalez. In studio, though, once again, DJ TJ. What up, dude? What's up, man? Good to have you back. I'm always happy to be back. Back to work, though, tomorrow? To, actually, yes, I'll be back to work tomorrow. I'll be gone for at least two weeks. All right, stay on that mic there, TJ. Uh, I think Morgan Wade last night was having the same problem. If he moves at all, it just goes away. Yeah. So we, maybe some of us should get better mics. Sure, buy one. <laughs> <laughs> Scotty T, what's up, dude? What's happening, guys? Glad to uh, do it. We're doing another show. No race this weekend, so not a whole lot to talk about. 
Um, like I was telling you guys like 30 minutes ago, I'm not very motivated to do a show tonight. Oh, you'll be all right. Uh, and now I'm kind of excited. Yeah, you get like we're a few minutes away from Pedro Gonzalez, who I was very excited to meet in, in Houston. If you guys don't remember Pedro Gonzalez, you need to go check him out, dude. Considered one of the maybe the fastest rider from Mexico ever, race for pro circuit. His uh, one article I read about him to try to do a little research for the show said that he was the he's the titled Mexican supercross racer. Yeah, like that's him. Yeah, well, hell, he he's, won a he, race. Yeah, it, it won a supercross race uh, riding for Mitch Payton. Yep. Uh, before we take our first break to and in, in transition into Pedro, uh, Steve Mathis, Pookie Mathis. OpenMex, you guys are all, I know everybody on here probably is fans. Uh, and although you guys know I'm not a huge animal person, we've talked about that. Their their beloved dog, Rocky, passed away today. Uh, and you guys know that the dogs, especially Rocky, are basically that's their kids. So uh, I just thought we'd do a, a quick moment of silence, and we'll go into a commercial, and we'll be back with Pedro Gonzalez. But our condolences to the Mathises, uh, because I know it – they're heartbroken right now. So, yeah, here's a moment of silence. All right, we'll be right back. What's up, guys? This is the Seven Juice Trade out of Entercom. I'm here to tell you about Aturbis USA. For decades, Aturbis has been the leader in motorcycle plastic and accessories like full plastic kits, frame guards, chain sliders, hand guards. In 2020, they are the proud sponsors of Red Bull, Factory KTM, Factory Kawasaki, TLD KTM, and Rocky Mountain KTM, as well as many top privateers such as myself. All you got to do is go to AturbeeUSA.com or call 1-800-659-1440 and y'all better tell them Motorhead Pajo sent you. Hey, Dad. Great race. Not sure how you could even see. Thanks, bud. Track conditions were pretty brutal. But thanks to my X-Brand goggles, I had hashtag clear vision all the way. X-Brand goggles has grown into the goggle choice of many of the top privateers, such as Ben LeMay, John Short, Alex Ray, Kyle Chisholm, as well as 2017 Works and Hare and Hound champion Gary Sutherland. Hey, guys. This is Gary Sutherland, 2017 Works and Hare and Hound champion, and I trust X-Brand. My name is Ben LeMay, and I choose X-Brand goggles. Hi, I'm Ada Kiefer, and whenever I want to be best dressed, I wear X-Brand goggles. Hey guys, this is Kyle Chisholm, and for almost a decade in my professional racing career, I've chosen X-Brand as my goggles. Now, X-Brand goggles is joining the Moto X Pod Show for 2020 with their EKS, S, and Flat Out Series goggles. Go to EKSBrand.com or email DarksideMX3 at AOL.com for pricing. What's up, guys? This is Alex motherfucking Ray. And if you don't use X Brand, then you. If you're looking for top quality hard parts, you need to visit Torque One Racing. Torque One Racing has a passion for the racing industry and are a proud supporter of the Moto X Pod Show. Find the flow with Torque One Racing handlebars, levers, shifters, brake pedals, and grips. Torque One Racing is the title sponsor of the Moto X Pod Show, so support those who support us. Visit TorqueOneRacing.com and order your Defy Lock On Grips today. All right, we're back, and our next guest of the night, it's a first-timer on the show. I had a chance to meet him in Houston, uh, thanks to Lo- Logan Carno, 
and uh, I'm really excited. He's going to be brought to you by Fly Racing. Since 1998, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible with riders like Damon Bradshaw, Blake Baggett, Zach Osborne, and many more. Fly Racing has everything you need to go fast. Tonight, Fly Racing brings us the one and only, the legend, Pedro Gonzalez. What's up, buddy? Thanks for the introduction, man. Yeah, I I, went a little bit too far. No, 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 no. You, dude, back, man, in your day, you were a bad dude and probably still a bad dude, to be honest. Thanks, man. Thanks. So, just so you know, like, I didn't know you were there at Houston. You know, I was walking around, I was talking to Logan. And he mentioned your name, and I was like, "Dude, what? Pedro's here?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, he's so cool." So I, you know, like I was kind of nervous. And I've met, I've had a chance to meet a lot of well-known riders, but I was really nervous introducing myself to you, man. You're, I really, to me, you're a legend. All right, thanks, man. Thanks for those uh, those words. You're so kind to to mention, uh, you know, to talk to me about. I mean, like that. Uh, yeah, uh, I was in Houston. Uh, I got invited by. Um, Papa Pauli and Joan Cross. Uh, it was weird. Uh, it was. I mean, I say weird because uh, I met Joan, uh, um, the Spanish writer, when he was five years old, and I went to one of the Supercrosses in Barcelona. And his dad used to be the Kawasaki like guy in in Barcelona. I mean, in Spain. Okay. So he will uh, take care of all the writers, you know, uh, Amy, Hughes, myself, all the um, um, whoever was in Kawasaki. He will put his uh, brand new bikes to, to you know to raise the Barcelona. So anyway, I went uh, uh, a few times there to race, and we have a great time. And on one occasion, uh, you know, uh, his dad asked me, you know, he. I mean, he, he, he back cool to uh, take a picture with his son. Yeah. So, and that was Juan. So uh, that's awesome. And uh, it was funny because uh, I got the picture, and uh, you know, we got a, a picture kind of like that at Houston, a Houston, uh, thirty what, almost like thirty years. You know, Apart. 31 years ago. Oh, uh, wow. And uh, back and uh, then and now. So it was pretty cool. Anyway, uh, yeah. Juan was ha- I was having troubles to get into U.S. because um, he was uh, he came from flying from Spain. He had to do quarantine uh, right. somewhere else before getting to the U.S. So he contacted me. I never met him before. I never talked to him. You know, when. Um, you know, I, the only time we saw each other was when he was five years old. So <laughs> he called me and said, hey, Pedro, this is Joan Cross. I don't know if you remember me. You know, I said, oh, yeah. We start talking and say, oh, I got a problem. You know, I'm planning to go to race Supercross for this year. I mean, for the uh, 21 season. But um, I cannot get into U.S. Uh, straight. So I have to do a quarantine somewhere else. Oh, okay. Uh, and I was thinking, baby, I can do that in Mexico. You can help me. I said, yeah, you know. Uh, I talked to my wife and my family. I said, yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, and and also, you know, I, I was so um, so grateful with those guys because, like I said, when when I was there in Spain, they treated me like like first class, man, like rock star. That's and, cool. You know, the last thing I could do was just to help Joan. Yeah. Anyway, he, he ended up coming to Mexico. Uh, he stayed in our house. Uh, he was supposed to stay for 15 days. And uh, they got this special permit from AMA and to allow 
um, French writers to to get into the country before that. I mean, before uh, the quarantine. So he ended up staying maybe four or five days. Okay. And in those four or five days, uh, you know, I loaned him a bike and uh, <laughs> a sprinter to go ride and, and everything to, to go ride because he wasn't planning to ride. I was like, what are you going to do? Yeah. You know, I'm just going to, you know, hang out. So you're not going to ride? I said, no. <laughs> Why are you checking? No, you need to go ride. Even if you go to race Supercross, you need to, you know, keep riding. Yeah, get some seat Frankly, time. Yeah, I know. It, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's so important. And uh, so I ended up going to the track with him one day. And, you know, I started just, just, he asked me, hey, what you think? So, I mean, the way I ride, I said, well, yeah, you ride good, you know. I just see this things and this and that. So I was pretty happy with that, uh, that I helped him, you know, riding um, that day. And he ended up flying to St. Louis with Bubba. And a week later or two weeks later, he called me and said, hey, you know what? Uh, I want to see, I mean, Bubba and I, we'd like to see if you like to come to Houston to help us, you know, to coach. Yeah. Coach, uh, you know, their, I mean, the team. I said, yeah, man, I'll do it. Uh you know, uh, can't be that. Go to Supercross, won the first three races, and yeah. got all paid. They have. Yeah, I'm there. So that's how I ended up. How, that's how I ended up in Houston. So I, I helped those guys, and 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 well, at least I try to help those guys. <laughs> uh, and we have a good time, and that that's what I mean. Logan, I think I think it was telling you. I was just helping those guys. Yeah. And, I was so happy to be there, man. I was so happy to be at Houston. I could tell, you know, and it's funny because Logan's a young kid, right? I mean, I'm 45. I'm getting older. Uh, I don't. You're, you're older than Logan, obviously, but Logan was so excited. And, and older than you. <laughs> don't you don't have to admit that. <laughs> but Logan was so so excited to have you on the team, and it's real. I bet it for you. It has to be cool that these younger guys like still know who you are, and, and he was really really excited. Definitely, man. You know, it's something uh, I wasn't expected, you know, to be like that because, you know, this this new era of riders, you know, they're they don't even even warm when I was racing. Right. And, right. Uh, so um, maybe their parents know me uh, or hear my name. But uh, it was a long time ago. But anyway, uh, in the uh, the place where we stayed at Houston, um um, you know, one of the guys, you know, knew me and we okay. never met before. So he just knew and he was, he was, you know, he was happy that I was, you know, staying with, at the house with those, with all, all those guys. So he started, oh, Pedro Gonzalez and, you know, I used to watch you race and, uh, uh, you start talking and anyway, so we went, we went, uh, we went to sleep next morning. We get up, uh, we went downstairs, and they had a YouTube channel, and they started searching for all the races I was doing back in the day. Oh, wow. So nice. All those guys started watching all those those races, and they were pretty, you know, pretty pumped about it, and, and they didn't know who I was, who I was, <laughs> or, or anything. So those those YouTube races uh, helped those guys to, to give him a... Uh, 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 um, you know, to tell him what's coming about a little bit about me. So. Yeah, yeah. Give him a little history lesson. I like yes, that. Yes, yes. Um, 
That was history, man. That's 20-something, 30-something years ago. Don't, don't tell me that. Come time. on, man. Don't tell me that. That's a long time, man. I mean, but you know the funny thing? I was, uh, you know, I, and I'm in the races, but I just go and, and you know, pretty much just, just get to the show and maybe I always got to stop by the pro circuit truck because I always like to say uh, hi to Mitch and yeah. just, just catch up with him. And... Um, Anyway, but uh, at this time, I had the chance to see a lot of people that uh, it was a long time I didn't see him. I mean, I see them uh, like Joey Mara. And, uh, you know, uh, I was talking to him on the way to the stadium and we were talking about, you know, how quick times go by. Yes, yes. And, and I said, man, you know, Johnny, I, I mean, it just feel like I was racing here. I don't know. Last year, I mean, to <laughs> right, me, right. I mean, I, I feel like that. I'm serious. Sure, I mean, it, it don't seem to me. I mean, those that many years, and he was saying he he told me the same. I say, I know, man. You know, every time that I go to a race, I feel like like I was racing yesterday. And I say, and and I'm way before you. I know. I say, you know, that's that's the feeling, man. Yeah, and, and that's funny, and that's a good feeling too. I think so. Yeah, it's, that's. I'm really glad that you got to experience that, man. I can hear it in your voice. That's really, really awesome. Um, I want to ask you just a little bit. Step back in your younger days about uh-huh. growing up in Mexico. What, like, how does motocross come about in Mexico? Is it is it a big deal when you're a kid? How do you discover it? And how difficult is it to get bikes and go race? Well, back then it was real difficult because um, our borders. Um, I mean, we didn't have uh, what we call uh, open borders. Uh, so it was illegal to have dirt bikes here in Mexico. Oh, wow. Oh, well, I mean, no, no dirt bikes, uh, just bikes that wasn't made in Mexico. Okay. And the only bike that was made in Mexico, it was Carabella. I don't know if you hear about that brand. And Islo. So that was, uh, but they weren't race bikes. They were just bikes to, to ride on the streets. So, uh, to get a motocross bike, it was real difficult and it was illegal to have those bikes in Mexico. Wow. So we had to smuggle the bikes. Well, our parents used to smuggle the bikes. Everybody did back then. And so it was expensive. It was, we were doing something illegal and it was, um, this department back then, uh, from the government, it was a government department. That used to look for uh, for cars, motorcycles, everything that was illegal in the country. So this this uh, this department from from government sometimes they you know they, they used to show up at the races and they you know everyone started yelling, hey man you know uh, um, it's it's like uh, like when the Mexican call uh, in the U.S. La Migra. Like <laughs> this guy, you know, they're going to come to the races and they're going to, you know, take all the bikes. So pretty much, you know, scary when they, they, they used to say that, you know, everybody would spread out and, and just start running. And, and, and <laughs> it's crazy. To save their bikes. So it was it was it was it was difficult. And until uh, 88, that's when they opened the borders. OK, and that's when brands like Honda, Yamaha, Kawi, uh, Suzuki Star getting bikes into mexico so that's that's how we get the bikes back then how old were but, you um, how old were you then 
I'm sorry? How old were you when the Hondas and the other bikes started coming in? Uh, I was, uh, it was 89. I was, uh, what, I'm 72. It was uh, 16, 17. So, yeah, so you had been riding for a few years before you were yeah. able to oh, yeah. get good bikes. Oh, yeah. Did Actually, you just, my first, did my you just first say bike, you were 72? Yeah, I'm from from uh, from 72, 1972. Oh, I thought you said you were 72 years old. I said, like, there's no way. No, 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 no. I'm 40, <laughs> okay. 48. Okay. Yeah. I'm 48. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I was like, there is no way. You look like you're 30. <laughs> no way, man. Um, I wish. Uh, <laughs> but you had, you had quite I a... I wish to feel like... At least I, like I was to 40. <laughs> so, like, so, but growing up, like from a young rider... Y'all weren't able to get the better bike, so you kind of had a late start into real competitive moto. Yes, yes, a little bit. I mean, it was like that, and I will, I will, I will touch that a little bit uh, later. But uh, okay. Uh, well, anyway, uh, when I start uh, my first bike, uh, my dad built a bike because we didn't have any, you know, like motocross bikes back then. So he used to, uh, he did, uh, he put me a bike together. He put a forge from some other bikes and shock from some other bikes, uh, nubs, tires, and uh, spoke rims. And, and he built this little thing. It looked that pretty, but uh, it ran good. That's how he started uh, racing with a, with a motocross bike. That's awesome. Scotty, what do you got, man? Um, so, you know, Obviously, the sport has progressed a lot. You know, the, the tracks are arguably better and the bikes are arguably better. I kind of wanted to see what you thought something that they did back in the day in the industry or with other, whether it had to do with racing or just how the industry was that you wish that it was still that way or something that you thought was better then than there is now. Well, that's a pretty good question, man. Real good question, actually. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, you know what? Uh, Something, but I think it's still kind of bad or shitty, is a purse for yeah. the rider. Yeah. Uh, Probably you know, the same now as it was when you were <laughs> racing. It, it is. It is. I mean, you guys laughing, but it is. It's still yeah. the same. You've uh, heard that. That's a, that's a joke, man. But those guys, they really pushing the, you know, the limits and, and they risk it uh, every weekend. Um, I mean, anyway, when you're when you put your helmet on and 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 put a leg over the bike, you're not thinking on that. But those guys are, are risking it big time, and for sure they didn't, you know, they, they didn't get paid what they're supposed to be paid. Right. Uh, and that's real respectful for those guys. They're still doing it. But anyway, uh, I don't know, man. Uh, I know things have changed a lot, but for me. Coming from from well from Mexico and start doing Supercross uh, at the professional level, it was a you know I don't know it's it a big change. I mean, huge change because uh, I never rode a modified bike before. Oh wow! Uh, uh, actually, my dad used to do my motors but uh just the motors and nothing on the suspension and uh we used to run stock suspension and just some work on the motors but nothing big and the first supercross i i did it was in uh 93 at houston and i raced with a bone stock brand new honda cr125 like suspension 
Yeah, uh, brand new, man. Uh, because uh, I used to ride for Honda Mexico uh, the year before. Well, a few years before. And um, 92, I got a pretty good year uh, in Latin America and Mexico, which where I, where I won everything. And so my next step it was to move to the U.S. That was that was my goal and my dream. So I call, I talked to those guys from Honda Mexico, and I asked them for support to to go and race. Uh, uh, if they, I mean, if they could, if they could support me to do the Supercross in the U.S. And they say, you know, you know, Pedro, you know, we'll, we'll, I mean, we would love to, but we just can't because we have our riders in the U.S. and we want you to race in Mexico. So, I mean, we all know who was the riders back then, you know, right. all the factory guys. So, uh, we want you to race in Mexico and we don't want you to go. I said, you know, I, well, that's, 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 that's pretty sad. But anyway, I'm, I'm going to go because I want to follow you know, that pad and that's my dream. And, you know, thank you very much for all the years. And I'm just going to go, uh, go to the U S. So, uh, they give me my old bikes, my 92 bikes. And that's what I took to race on Houston, the 93 supercross. It was, a the whole year. I'm not used bike being road all year. And it was all worn out. Oh wow! <laughs> um, so so we're now that uh, I blew the motor on Tuesday night at one of the tracks in Houston, a night track, just doing some. I mean, what I was riding there, right? Yeah. And back then we didn't have any next day level or blue uh, level like next day air, yeah, anything like that. So we went the next day to try to get some parts, um, uh, some connection road and piston for the bikes, and they didn't have any parts. So they, if we order, they took, you know, a couple of days or, or, or week right. to get them. So I had no parts to fix the bike and, <laughs> I had no bike and I was done. And I don't have the money either to, to buy a new bike um, because I had just enough money just to, you know, to, to, to keep going to the races. So, um, well, uh, you know, Eric Vallejo, right? Yes. Yes. I, uh, I know Eric. Eric yeah, Eric is my cousin, and his dad, um, they used to live in Houston at that time. And his dad, I say, you know, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll buy the bike. You know, if you need a bike, I just buy it and just pay me, you know, whenever you go back home and, and have money. So I, we ended up buying the bike. He ended up buying the bike uh, Thursday afternoon. We put some numbers on it, uh, and we went straight to race on, 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 on Saturday, man. And which uh, I did pretty good, actually. I got second on my heat, and then uh, on the main, I crashed hard and I DNF, but uh, it was a good start, man. Yeah, with a that was that, bike. That 93 Honda was it that two CR 250 was, or you were on a 125, but yeah, 93 yeah, Hondas were good. Yeah, yeah, they were good. That was so, the first bike. I was a senior in high school in 93, and uh-huh. I bought my first bike with my own money. It was a, a 93 CR250, and I wish I still had that bike. I'd probably ride it more than my 450. So I, I have know. a question for you, Pedro. You yes. said that you the Honda of Mexico wouldn't support you coming to race Supercross. We're, uh-huh. And we know that we've had seen other riders who are good from other countries, and the country the people wanted them to stay there, and they do. 
were you turning down money in Mexico and making a living in Mexico to come to America or how did that, what was that? No, 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 no. You know what? That, that, that was, uh, that was, I think that was, um, that was a good thing that I wasn't making money, making money in Mexico <laughs> because, uh, you just stayed. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and that's what I was talking a few years back. And here in Mexico is so hard. I mean, there's no way you can make a living racing motor- motorcycles. Right. There's no way. I mean, not in your, even in your wet dreams, <laughs> will be, but, you know, make a living uh, racing dirt bikes in Mexico. Right. And um, so we were making money at the purse because back then um, it was two years where they used to pay pretty good money. Right. But it's still... It's still, I mean, not enough to make a living. Right. So, uh, no, uh, um, I just turned down two free bikes and like 2,000 parts. That's Uh, why I turned down. Yeah, yeah, I got you, yeah. So So it wasn't a big deal. So, Pedro, 93 was your first full season on the stock uh, Honda and you had some good races, and I don't, I don't want to give away your best finish because that's going to be a trivia question later for um, our listeners to win a prize. But okay. you had you had some really good races, um, and in '94 you get the Pro Circuit Split Fire deal. How does that come about? That was pretty cool, man. That was that's something <laughs> I bet. Uh, I'm telling you, that's super cool. Yeah, actually, well, anyway, I raced Houston on a Honda Bonesta Honda CR125 '93. Right, and that night, um, the uh, the owner of uh, uh, Kawasaki Mexico, which is owned by uh, this company, which is a big group here in Mexico. They're, they're in the motorcycle business mm-hmm. uh, industry. I'm sorry. Uh, it's called uh, Grupo Motomex. Uh, all the family was there to watch the race. And my dad used to know them pretty well because um, the uh, uh, his um, one of the well, the owner used to race with my dad back okay. then. Anyway, uh, so he was there with all his kids and family to watch the race. And his oldest son, he was start getting into the business side of the company. Uh, he was getting into it, so uh, they were there and they were pretty excited about me doing, you know, good at the race. And after after the race was done. Uh, he approached my dad and said, hey, Pedro, you know, that was great. You know, uh, Pedro did pretty good, and uh, uh, and that was awesome. Hey, uh, do you think he will be interested in riding cowies? Uh, and my dad said, well, uh, I guess. I mean, why you don't ask him? So he, yeah. he asked me. I said, his name is Javier. So Javier came to me, hey, Pedro, uh, how, how would you like to, to, to race a cowies next week? <laughs> and I was uh, yeah, man, that sounds good. I say if you if you want, if you tell me yes, uh, first thing I'll call uh, uh, Monday. First thing in the morning, I call them, and I can get you uh, uh, a bike uh, for practice and a bike to race. Uh, and the race bike, uh, I can send it to Pro Circuit to build it for you. Wow. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Cool. I'll, I'll <laughs> take it, man. So I parked the Honda. I left it at. Eric's house in Houston, and so we started driving to to LA for the Anaheim round. And um, so 
it took us a few days to get there, and we went and got my first cowie the Thursday before Anaheim. So I went to ride that Thursday afternoon, and Friday I was uh, the stadium with uh, with my modified bike from Pro Circuit, and that was my first time I got into uh, I jump into uh, a modified bike. So it was a pretty good experience, man. I'm telling you, especially the suspension. That's that's awesome, man. Like to pick up a bike and then just go race. And just, yeah, yeah. You didn't you didn't get any time to test, but man, that's that's a really cool story. Hey, Tess, what are you talking about? Oh, oh that. <laughs> yeah, you didn't get to do much of that. How was it racing for Mitch, though? How'd that go? It was good, man. I mean, uh, I love it. I mean, I have uh, so many good memories. Um, so many good memories from Ryan for Mitch. I learned so much from him and from Bones and, and Jimmy Perry, uh, Mike Hooker, all those guys. They were so good to me. Uh uh, you know, Mitch is tough on, on riders, which is, you know, we all know that. Uh, but but at the same time, it's so good because he give you anything you need to perform. If he, yeah. do, I mean, and that guy gives 120%. If not more, I think a little bit more. So he expects the same for you. And if you're not trying enough, of course, you're going to get pissed. Right. And yeah. He's going to give you a hard time. You know, uh, that's something I learned because uh, when I was with him, because uh, coming from from my racing days in Mexico, everything was so mellow and so calm here. I was winning so easy uh, here in Mexico. And when I started racing with the, you know, the big boys, I was like, man, this thing is for real. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, and when I see all the time they put on the bikes and, and all the effort, you know, that's when you started, you know, saying, man, that's why he's like that. But yeah. don't expect uh, less than than the best out of you because he gives you everything he has yeah, for that, you to perform. That's how championship uh, teams and that's yeah, everybody has to be like that. Same as Roger DeCoster. He puts in probably as much or more as his riders do. And that's what Mitch does, and that's why they're so successful, and that's why the, the riders are so successful on those teams is because of what he expects out of them, I think. So, yeah, that's that's a really cool insight. TJ, you got a listener question? Yeah, we have a listener question here from This Is Not Alex 937 Wants to know, did you ever ride or have to test ride the uh, Rhino-tested PC bike, and did you hate it like everybody else? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. But we, we used to have the same motors, just a little bit of a different tweaking yeah. on the motor. Yeah. Uh, but that year, Rhino um, 94, I think he's, he was still on factory contract. Okay. And, and um, because 93, who was factory rider, 94, I think all the 125 effort. Um, it was in Mitch hands, and so saying that, uh, Rhino went straight to Pro Circuit. Okay. But uh, he had some factory stuff, uh, like suspensions, uh, some um, motor covers, and you know, little things. But I think the, the major thing was the suspension. And Jamie Dobb and myself, 
we were on uh, production suspension, but it was modified by by Pro Circuit. Okay, which was so good, man. I mean, suspension. <laughs> I mean, I, I I I didn't. I think I didn't lack any on suspensions against Rhinus Factory because we have a real good suspension and Bones put so much, so many hours to get those things dialed. So um, that was, the, I think, the only difference okay. uh, we have. But um, motors was pretty much the same. Awesome. Scotty? Um, so I've, I've noticed that in the past couple of years that they've, with the uh, NFL, they've had a couple of games in Mexico. Um, I just kind of maybe think of, do you think that they would ever do that with Supercross? And like, how is fans for Supercross in Mexico? Would there be a turnout? Or do you think that that was something that would be well-recepted? And like, kind of what is what does Mexico think about Supercross and who is like their guy? And kind of, you know, it's kind of multi-party question, but just talk yeah, about that a little bit. Yeah, you know what? I, I think um, uh, an event, I will say it's more than an event. I think it's a show because yeah. it's a really show, man. Yeah. It's a race, but it's a show. And it's a... Um, you know, top of the nose show, man. I mean, even if you don't like dirt bikes, if you see a race, I think you'll be interested because the way they're doing it. Uh, now. I agree. And definitely will be something good for Mexico. And uh, believe it or not, uh, we've been talking and trying to get Supercross into Mexico. Awesome. You know, uh, I have um, the... the some some connections, some people that I know that they're pretty interested in bringing the, the Supercross in Mexico, where at least we've been talking to the guys from uh, from Pace, and but nothing has you know been done. And, yeah, and, and it sounds easy to do it because <laughs> we're neighbors. Sure, uh, we're so close together. I mean, from each, uh, from the country, are so close uh, from each other, but. It's difficult. Uh, yeah, I'm sure it, it is. And it seems like um, for the sponsors, um, there are Supercross. Seems like they is not interested in coming to Mexico, and that's a bummer because we got pretty good stadiums. Like you say, there was NFL playing in Mexico City, um, and there's a pretty good stadium, Mexico City, Monterey, here where I live, and Guadalajara. And uh, it'll be you know awesome to have something like that in Mexico. Yeah, maybe maybe like to start out like Jeremy Malott. I think it's Jeremy Malott with Red Bull that did the Hawaiian Supercross race a couple years ago, and uh-huh. maybe somebody like him could do a one-off race and see what the feel. And then maybe Feld would pick it up. But you're right, there's so many people involved between Feld and the OEMs and the sponsors. It's hard to get anything changed. Um, yeah. So I can see that. But hey. Uh, we're running a little short on time, unfortunately. Um, I'm definitely going to have to get you back on, but I, I have one more question I want to ask you tonight, and then yes. I'm, I'm definitely going to get you back on because I have so many more questions. Um, but what I want to know is San Jose 94. I just want you to take us through that night. Um, mm-hmm. That had to be the highlight of your career, um, I'm assuming, and you, you beat a couple of our buddies, actually, Craig Decker, Greg Schnell, uh, a couple of our Texas buddies here, but just talk about that night. Yeah, actually, the, the whole day it was it was it was a great day. Since I wake up that morning, <laughs> uh, I feel you know I feel like everything was going my way, you know, on, on my side. Yeah, and, and um, 
even, you know, I was surrounded with Mexican people because San, San Jose, it's a lot of Mexican population. Sure. And on the way to the track, we stopped, eat breakfast, and we found Mexican breakfast. And I was like, wow. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, I mean, little things like that. Yeah. And then I was like, you know, I, I feel something. Um, well, anyway, but the year before, that's when I, that's where I got my first podium at yep. San Jose. So I had some feeling for San Jose. In 94, I was at the right team at uh, the right time, and, and, and everything start, started clicking. And, you know, practice went perfect. It actually went awesome. The track, I love it because it was hard pack. And that's what we race here in Mexico. And uh, I'm used to, to ride hard packs. And so, like I say, everything went, you know, my way and my side. And so I ended up winning that night. And that's something still, you know, is my uh, highlight of uh, my career, uh, winning the Supercross. And um, uh, I wish, you know, I couldn't won more races. Yeah. But it's not an easy task. Not at all. Uh, but, uh, yeah, San Jose, that was my first podium. The, it was in 93. I got third. And then my first win and only win was in San Jose, 94. Yeah. But that, yeah, how awesome, man. I, I, it's so cool to think back on those races and go watch those those races. And, uh, Pedro, like I said, I have so many more questions. I, I want to reschedule in the next couple of weeks and get you back on and touch on some of these other questions. I want to know about your post-race life. I want to know about arena cross. I want to know about your family. Um, so we just have a lot more I'd love to touch on if you're willing to come back on and talk to us again. Yes, man, anytime. Just let me know, and um, uh, we schedule uh, for one more time and or, or I mean, uh, the time you want to do it, and okay. uh, I'll be more than happy to talk to you guys in chat. Well, thank you so much. Our, our next guest actually here in a few minutes is Kenny Bell, and he texted me a little while ago and said he used to race arena cross with you. So I'm yes. going to actually I'm going to ask Kenny about that a little bit and see what he has to say. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, we just were, were a little short on time tonight. But um, it means a, it means a lot to me that you were willing to come on. No, man, thank you for uh, uh, for inviting me to the in the show, and for sure. All right, um, we'll get uh, we can chat some other time. Sounds- and say hi to to Kenny. I will do. I'll do that, man. Pedro, thank you so much. You have a good evening. Hey, guys. Uh, talk to you guys later. And um, uh, just send me a text where I can send you the jersey. Absolutely. Awesome. Dude, I'm, I'm super. <laughs> I love that. I'm going to. Yeah, that's going to go right here behind me and on the wall. So yeah, awesome. That's awesome. Right. Thanks, Pedro. All right, guys. Thanks. See you, buddy. Dude, that was. Can you imagine if people like him would have had like social media and stuff like that oh, back dude, in the day? Yeah. Like. He's such a nice guy. And like he, he, like when I saw him, yeah, in Houston, like he was in a group talking to his buddies over there at the uh, TXS Productions team, right. and they were just all smiling. You could like that that smile. Yeah, I remember as soon as I saw him, I was like, "That's a smile I always saw on TV, dude." He, yeah, and, and he was so cordial and friendly, and just ex- seemed he seemed as excited to talk to me as I did to him, and he had no idea who I was, obviously. <laughs> and that, you know, for us, guys like us, that means so that much. That means a lot, yeah. Yeah, what an awesome guy. And so, so many things in my notes. If you're going to take notes to make more questions, uh, Alex also had a different question about, because he said he is a, a native Spanish speaker. Oh, okay. And he said that, wanted to know about the difficulties coming over being a Hispanic writer, because back then things yeah. weren't, it didn't have as much acceptance. So that's yeah, to okay. I so don't that's know. stuff we need to talk about. Tell him. 
Hey, yeah. what's his name? Uh, is Alex? It says, well, it says this is not Alex. Okay, it says. <laughs> this is not Alex. Uh, send me an email, motoxpodshow at gmail.com. Yeah. And that way I can print that off. And when we get Pedro rescheduled, and anybody else that wants to send any questions in, like, and that's for any show. If you guys As- want to send questions, send them to motoxpodshow at gmail.com. But um, yeah, I appreciate you guys being involved. And I'm sorry, yeah. we, we just, I, I generally schedule the guests 30 minutes apart. And. Yeah. Sometimes they just get flowing, and we just don't get to everything. And he had some great. And you stories. never know how people are going to be on the yeah. radio when you have somebody who has amazing voice and able to be articulate and talk like that. That yeah. makes we could do a full on straight podcast with just him. I think so. Yeah, I, I think, think we should I, absolutely. Um, okay, let's take a quick commercial break. Oh, but the giveaway, the Fly Racing Podium Stand. That's right. This is for the <laughs> archive. He sort listeners. of he sort of touched on it. I know, but that's okay. I want you to guys to email us. For the fly racing podium stand, put that in your in your uh, header, your yep. subject line of the email, motoxpodshow at gmail.com. I feel like I've said it Contest, 27 times. podium stand. Fly racing podium stand. Mm-hmm. I want to know what his best finish was in his first full season. Mm-hmm. So I, I, if you guys listen, you already know the answer, but <laughs> I want to know where it was, what his finish was, and I want to know who won that race. Oh. So those are the things. Not hard to find, but it just takes a little time. And uh, yeah, a little so bit this, of Googleating. We'll, we'll give uh, two weeks, so not next week, but the week after, which will be actually the week of Dallas Supercross. We will announce the winner of that Fly Racing Podium Stand during yeah. the, the Dallas Week Show. Uh, so yeah, thanks again to Pedro. Quick break. We'll be back with Kenny Taco Bell. We all know engine oil is the lifeblood of our machines. That's why you need blood lubricants for the highest level of performance and protection. Manufactured here in the USA and designed to handle the heat and humidity. Blood lubricant oil lines such as Pro Elite Series, Pro Series, and the new Scorpion Blood will exceed all your needs. Whether you race moto, sprint cars, side-by-sides, or anything else, Blood Lubricants has you protected. Tests have shown that engines can run up to 30 degrees cooler while using blood. Just ask Chris Kiefer. DJ TJ and I trust Blood Lubricants in our machines, so you can too. Go to bloodlubricants.com to order today. Don't forget to check out their Chain Lube 2-Stroke Premix, PolyClean, and many other products. Use promo code MOTOX to support the Moto X Pod Show. Scotty T here from the Moto X Pod Show with another fantastic product from Burn Motorsports. It's Shock Socks, the number one 10-second removable fork seal protector. No one likes having leaky fork seals. With Shock Socks, you can protect your fork seals from the crap at the track in a matter of 10 seconds. Fork seals can be expensive and take away from your ride time, so fight the crime of grit and grime with Shock Socks. Check your local dealer or go to the BurrMotorsports.com webpage. Also, follow them on Facebook and Instagram. So go out and make sure to get your pair of Shock Socks today. If you're anything like me, you remember back in the late 80s, early 90s, all the cool custom-painted helmets that you'd see on Supercross. Jeremy McGrath, Jeff Emig, Damon Bradshaw, all the top riders had custom-painted helmets tricked out, and I was super jealous. I could never afford to get one done. Now there's an option, Extreme Colors. When you're rolling up to the line with a custom-painted helmet, it's one of the coolest feelings you can have. Kirk Hunter has been painting helmets since 1998, and his price is still the same. $295 gets you a professional, one-of-a-kind paint job on your lid. Just contact Kirk at xkhelmetpainting at gmail.com or go to motoxpodshow.com and check out the contact links. Now you, too, can have a custom-painted helmet just like Jeremy McGrath and be the envy of all your friends at a reasonable price. Follow him on Instagram at xkhelmetpainting. 
T-R-E-M-E-K-O-L-O-R-S, Extreme Colors. Let them know the Moto X Pod Show sent you. All right, our next guest of the night is brought to you by our newest sponsor, R Jerky. Eat rjerky.com. Use promo code MOTOXPODSHOW21. Again, this is the Wageman's family's jerky company. Helps us boys get to the races. Go support them. Support the show. Use the code. Tonight, R Jerky brings us from Monster Energy, Kenny Taco Bell. What's up, dude? Oh, just uh, hanging out. Just, uh, you know, dealing with life uh, after COVID here. So just getting home <laughs> from work. A little, little different little different lifestyle here for old Bell lately. Yeah. How, uh, how locked down are you? Uh, you know, we're, I mean, we're in California, so that'll tell you right there. I think everybody yeah. across the whole world is just laughing at California, but believe it or not, where we're at, and, you know, we're in the, the Mecca here, Temecula, Marietta. Yeah. They're kind of, it's a different world over here. It's not so much, you know, it's a lot more red, red sided and, uh, they never really closed down. A lot of places stayed open, so it's, it's pretty good. Sounds but Sounds like us. Yeah, I mean, with you guys understand with how much traveling we do. When I'm, when we're home, we really don't go out much. You kind of use that time, so yeah. it kind of didn't hasn't really affected us much lately. You know, I mean, kind of do our deal and yeah, just kind of grind away. I hear you. I just actually saw today, TJ. I don't know if you guys saw that our governor is totally dropped the the mandatory mask. 100% now in Texas. Well, it's funny because I went to the hardware store on like Friday yeah. and they had a sign. Nobody pays attention. Nobody wears the masks, but nope. they, you know, please wear a mask when you come in the store. Yeah, yeah. And then I went in yesterday and the sign was gone. Nice. Back to normal. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. that won't be the case at Supercross. I, I kind of checked in with Sean. I was like, hey, is there any chance there'll be no masks since we don't have to have them now? But I kind of knew the answer. And he's like, yeah, we got They got to, they got to continue doing their thing. But, uh, well, Kenny, man, um, so you got a lot, you got a cool backstory, uh, you know, race professional, Supercross, Arena Cross, then got into freestyle. Let's uh, let's get a little bit of your background, man. Just how did you get into the sport to begin with? Was it like everybody else, you were a kid, your dad was into it? How was that? Yeah, no, it's that's definitely kind of where it came from. Like, I mean, I had a couple neighbor kids that had dirt bikes. I'd kind of play around on them a little bit here and there, you know, it was just kind of just little kind of TTR kind of things and stuff like that. Little bikes, little, you yeah. know, nothing fast by any means, PWs and all that kind of crap. And we ended up moving. We actually moved up to Carson city, Nevada when I think I was like probably about like 11 years old or so. So we got a pretty, a pretty late jump on dirt bikes and whatnot. And my dad got me, I want to say it was like a TTR 100 or okay. something like that. Like, I'm, is, is that a bike? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. A TTR yeah, 90. Oh, it was, it was yeah. a TTR 90. I thought they had a, no, no hundreds. No, no okay. hundreds. Okay. But they had a 125 and a 90. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I think it was probably like the 90 then or something. Okay. But we had one of those. And I where we lived at, I could ride right in the back of the house. And, um, I remember we heard about like some little local track did races or whatever. And it was right there in Carson City. And we went out and tried to give our world up, you know, like uh, it was like a Friday night race or something. And I just, you know, I think I just rode 80 beginner or something like that and just got my ass handed to me. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, all these other kids were on, 
you know, RM80s and yeah. CR80s and all that kind of stuff. And I just, you know, I was still like, I had it in me. Like I, the, the will and the want was there. Like I was trying to go for it and I was just beat the living shit out of myself <laughs> trying to do these doubles and stuff that just, you know, this yeah. is no, no power whatsoever, but I was going for it. And, uh, my dad's like, yeah, we're kind of out of the league there or whatever. And I remember going to school, going, that was Friday night or something. I went to school Monday, came home from school and my dad was home, which was kind of weird. You know, he should be at work. He goes, hey, go, go grab me a beer out of the garage or something. I walked out there, and there was a there was a brand new YZ80 sitting right there. And, oh, and he was just like, "This ain't happening again." <laughs> <laughs> what a cool feeling, though, man. That's that's yeah, rad. Yeah. So we went. We just started just riding like crazy. And Carson City, Nevada, like there's actually a, a huge group of riders that came out of there that kind of all did it, you know, professionally and. Our group, we have like, I want to say there was a solid eight to 10 riders that all made it kind of professionally oh, wow. out of there. We all ended up kind of going that freestyle route, but I think every single one of us rode professionally also, like Mike Mason, Dustin Miller's, Matt Byton, uh, Drake McElroy, Nathan Tierney. There was, there, we had a big group and we were all the exact same age. We went to school together. And so it was just kind of one of those things where we just raced and then that's when it went into amateur racing to like Mosher Valleys and Ponkas and Loretta's and World Minis and all that kind of stuff. And we raced all that stuff and I picked it up super quick. Like all these other, all my other buddies, you know, they grew up racing and I just kind of like, it was just there for me. It was, it was pretty simple. It seemed like almost. And wow. uh, most of us normal riders hated riders like you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, we did that. And then I think I was like, right. At, like right when I had turned 16, I remember I, my dad got me a 125 at like 15 or something like that. I wrote it once. I think he just got a ripping deal at the shop. And back in the day when we would do like Yamaha contingency and stuff like, yeah, all of all those kids would just clean house. So I remember the local shop would trade us cash back for our contingency. And then they just use our contingency as like shop money. Yep. Yep. They still do so that. Shops yeah, still do that. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So that was, you know, just their way of helping. I remember I had a ton of contingency saved up and they had like a, I want to say they had a, a 98 or 98 or 97 YZ or YZ 125 sitting there. So my, my dad picked it up for like cost or something. They were just trying to get it out of the door. And I wrote it, I wrote it one time and I told my dad, I was like, sell those eighties. Those things suck. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> yeah. And he goes, well, you just secured that you'll never ride that thing again until we're done with eighties kind of deal. You know, oh, wow. <laughs> at, that, at that time we were so big in the eighties. Like I want to say I had five or six eighties. Oh, you know? Well, you had, you had yeah. your super mini big wheel, super mini, that you just weren't only barely allowed to look at in the garage. And I think you wrote that thing like three times a year. The super money. Yeah. Yeah. And then you had the super mini and I got to ride that quite a bit. And then we had your bone stock bike for like Loretta's and that stuff where again, you rode that bike just at those races. We had one bike that was just, I don't think that it ever turned on. Like it was just a parts bike kind of thing. <laughs> so I just remember my parents. I mean, you don't realize it then how lucky we all were yeah. kind of deal, but we had so many eighties and stuff. And 
I finally got a chance to ride 125s and I went, I think I started in, I think I want to say I, I rode, I rode, a one, I got a 125 and a 252 stroke at the same time. And I think I rode like the novice class, which is what C out there with you guys. Yeah. Yep. I, I rode that. I went straight to, yeah. I went, <laughs> I went straight to Loretta's like within like a month or two of being on a 125 and a 250. And I went to ride one. I think at that time at Loretta's, you only had, there was a 125 stock, a 125 mod. And then the 250 class was just an open class in the C class. Okay. And I remember, I remember we went to, to Washougal for our, that was like our final qualifier where I think you had to get like top three or something like that. And, um, Granted, I was sandbagging like crazy at that point, <laughs> you know, because we wanted to go to Loretta's and win. Oh, yeah. And I, and I remember Wash Eagle was muddy. It was super muddy. And I think in the in the mod class, I just straight crashed like in the first turn and just didn't qualify or something like that. And then in the stock class, I won the qualifier. But I ended up getting protested because I had frame guards on my bike. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, like that was going to make me go faster. Or right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Heck, yeah, it does. But, uh, so I got, got protested for that and we qualified for the 250 C class at Loretta's and my dad kind of put the, are we really going to go there for one class? And, uh, I'm like, yeah, well, I mean, I think we could win kind of deal. And we went there and we won a couple motos and I think I ended up, I had one bad moto. I got like a six. So I think I got third overall at Loretta's and obviously like you know you're bumping up right after loretta's i rode intermediate like i literally think i rode four 125 intermediate races and there was a little like an old arena cross tour that was going on they called it power cross and there was like one in reno nevada oakland fresno i think that was it i think it was like a three-round deal or something like that that was with rusty hollands pastana Tyler Evans, like all those kind of dudes. And uh, I remember the promoter was like, hey, to all of us intermediate kids that grew up from Nevada, he was like, hey, our pro class is kind of small. Do you guys want to ride the pro class Friday and Saturday night? Because I think amateurs were on Sunday or something. He goes, you guys want to ride the pro class Friday and Saturday night just so it looks like we have more riders out there kind of thing, <laughs> and do a better show. Build the game. So we're, you know, all of us, our whole Nevada crew was like, hell yeah, that sounds fun. And I remember Friday night, Friday night, I ended up making both mains. And I think I won like $600 or something like that. And I'm just like, and when you're 16 years old, $600 is like a lot of money kind of deal. And oh, yeah, uh, that's a lot of money now. Yeah, yeah no shit. But uh, it was kind of one of those things where, you know, they're like, I think a lot of our riders, like our buddies, like it was like Mike Mason's mom and a couple of their moms were like the scorekeepers. And they're like, you know, like <laughs> nobody takes their money tonight. Anyways, every, all the pros just get their money on Saturday night kind of thing. Yeah. We're like, okay. And then Saturday night went out and just went even better kind of thing. I think I whole shot at like the 125 main or something like that. Ended up killing it. And it was like a grand total of like, I want to say I made like, 17 or 1800 dollars kind of thing nice. and i'm like sitting there and they're like hey if you take this money though you're like you're a pro but if you don't take the money you just did the show kind of thing you yeah. know 
I'm like, fuck you. I am take, give me that money. <laughs> like, yeah, like, like, let's go. Yeah. We took, we took the money and my dad was like, that was a bad decision. <laughs> you know, and I think just a couple weeks, it was like three or four weeks later, I went to some other race that was in um, Northern California or something. And I signed up in the intermediate class. And sure enough, uh, you know, you remember old, like back in the day, they had the cycle news that came yeah. out every week. Oh, or yeah, yeah. Every month. Cycle news. And it's like headline was Kenny Bell, whole shots, first ever pro race. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> fucking, there's a picture of me right there. And they're like, yeah, well, I guess you're a pro. Yeah, so, you're locked in now. Yeah. So right then I just, I just started racing. I was never really good. Like outside, I was always better inside like arenas and supercross and whatnot. So we just started racing arena cross and crap back then. I want to say it was like, I think right at the beginning there, it was like pace maybe yep, or something yep, like that. Yep. Pace arena cross. And then it went from that to like, I don't know. There were so many different names kind of thing sure. before felt arena cross came around and I did all that kind of stuff. And then we were in, I think it was, it was in 1999. I was racing the whole series just out of my minivan, just me solo, no mechanic. And, I remember, like, a lot of the pro dudes would, like, kind of take me in under their wing and let me sleep on the floor in their rooms and that kind of crap. And I grew up knowing Jeff Willow a ton. So Willow rode for Tough Honda then, and he would just hook me up always, like, let me stay in his room and just whatever. And half the time, honestly, Willow didn't even come home that night because <laughs> okay. he was just out partying his ass yeah. off or something. Yeah, you yeah. Know? sure. And, uh, so I did that, and then right at that time – I remember the first ever like freestyle contest came up and it was literally in the middle of our series, but we used to do those jump offs every night, yeah. like at the arena cross. At the arena cross. Yeah. I remember those. Yeah. It was two, you got two jumps kind uh-huh. of thing. And I was going against like, like Willow would go out and whip it and those guys. And I had figured out that if I just did like a hill clicker and then a fake little crash, I would I would immediately win because I would just slide out on purpose, right. pop up, and the crowd would go nuts. So I, I would just crash every single night on purpose. That's awesome. And uh, it was five hundred bucks a night. So was, jeez, you know that's a thousand bucks. And there were always Friday, Saturday nights. You and didn't even need I, the purse after yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I never like. It was very rare that I would make like all four mains through the weekend, kind of thing. You know what I mean? It was one of those things. I'm like, there we go. There's my ticket to the next weekend. And uh, word got out that I was doing the tricks in freestyle. And they had asked, they had asked, I think it was still pace then maybe or something. But uh, they had asked me to like, if I wanted to go ride a freestyle contest. And I'm like, I don't do no tricks. Like, what do you mean? I do like a no foot a can and a hill clicker or something, you know? Yeah. And uh, And what year was this? This was 99. So freestyle, I mean, a, a no-footed can and a heel clickers were actually kind of big tricks. Big tricks, yeah. It's a winning run. Yeah, but, <laughs> but I knew that the other dudes had, like, grab pulls cut. Yeah. And like, you know, and, like, nobody was flipping or anything, but I knew they were doing seat grabs and that kind of crap. And, yeah. And uh, then I then they told me, they're like, oh, well, hey, it's it's like, I want to say it was, like, it was somewhere between 1500 to two grand show-up money Ooh. just to show up. Then there was the purse, and they got you a free hotel. Heck, and yeah. I'm, what I'm a just deal. Like, like, where I'm do I like, sign up? That's a factory, yeah, I go, factory I rider. Go, I'm like, I'm on my way, for sure. <laughs> so that was, in, that was in Little Rock, Arkansas. 
And I mean, this was, I remember doing an arena cross in that stadium. The stadium was pretty small, but there was no ramps or anything. It was all dirt jumps kind of, kind of deal. And, uh, I went there and I just ended up riding. I rode my 125, and I remember Metzger like showed up. It was, it was either Metzger or the Flying Hawaiian. One of <laughs> them, one of them flew out there, and the bike that they had got to like borrow or whatever was just a total rudge. And so I had my 250 in my van too from Arena Cross, and so like I ended up letting one of those guys ride it, and they're like, "Hey, well, I'll give you, I'll give you 250 bucks on the ride your bike," and I'm like, "Dude, I'm cleaning house, and I haven't even rode yet." <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, like this is the best weekend of my life yeah and so we ended up we ended up uh i ended up riding the deal and i don't think i got last i mean i didn't do great but i don't think i got last i won a little bit more money on top and then the weekend was over and it was time to go meet back up with all the arena cross crew kind of thing and like i traveled a lot on the road with like tommy hoffmaster and like jim yeah. chester and yeah. all those cats because they all road dogged it too. And I remember going back and I'm just like, this is fucking miserable. Like, cause I had like, they snuck me into the club, you know, I think I was like 20 or something. And I, I'm getting drunk and just having a, I'm like, I don't want to go race again. Like, <laughs> race again. And I was kind of that deal, man. From that point on, I kind of just, I still raced for another year or two, but like, I just wasn't in it. I just, I knew I'd just go home and I would just practice tricks and, we just kept doing freestyle and, and man, freestyle got big. And luckily for me, I was one of the, one of the earlier riders to start flipping consecutive, you know, like consistently and everything. Right. And when you were flipping, like it was back then, man, it was anywhere, depending on where you were going, it was anywhere from five to 10 grand a night to do one backflip. Like it was just, I'd have sent a backflip. I was about right? to, I was about to ask like, how do you commit that first time? Any big trick. But then you throw out that number. I'm like, okay, there. That's, that's <laughs> you know, I, I knew that because I remember, I remember I'm, I'm really, really good friends with Matt Biden. And he, he started flipping really early. Yeah. And um, he was flipping at that time. Everyone was flipping the super kicker, at, which was like at 45 feet or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I flipped that thing. Like I flipped it one day. We we're, I did it. We had a foam pit and everything. And I I ended up flipping flipping it at a guy named Jesse Olson's house in Grass Valley, California, in like Northern California. And I remember flipping that day, and I think I did like I probably did like eight of them to dirt that day, kind of deal. And we drove home back to Reno after that. And I remember it was like I had the biggest come to Jesus talk of my life before I flipped. To where it was one of those things I'm like, I didn't like how much I scared myself. I don't want to be that scared ever again. (laughs) So, so I just clipped it and I didn't flip again for like a year. I just wanted no part of it. It was just, it was way too scary. A couple guys did that back then. They, they would have a bad issue and then wouldn't pull the trick for a while. Yeah. And it was weird too, because I literally never even had a close call. Like every single flip was absolutely perfect. No problem. But I was just so scared. Like I was literally over on that like sitting there getting ready to go punching myself in the helmet and stuff like well for us vet riders we do that for the doubles at the track yeah. <laughs> we'll jump it and we're like we cleared it i'm never doing that again yeah yeah you got something scott oh yeah so kind of just to cap off what we were just talking about um like so you like you said you've had kind of a big variety of accomplishments in the in the this industry 
what is like the one trick you've done or the one race you did or just kind of the one moment in, in your motocross career that you kind of like, like, all right, I can hang my hat on that. Like that, oh, like I can, man. I can say that I did that and I'm good. Like, what is that moment for you? I think, I think, man, I don't really know. There's honestly been so many moments that where you get done and just like, just being so surreal, surreal. Well, like right. you're just like, man, that was fucking cool. But I think like one of the coolest kind of things for me was never really like a contest or a finish so much. I always remember watching the overseas races when I was younger and like, you'd see them in the videos like Paris supercross and Geneva mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And I remember the first couple of times, uh, like Eric Bernard brought me over to do stuff like that, like Geneva yeah, and China X games and stuff like just stuff like that. Like those, I mean, if you, if you, ever give a rider from here in the states like shit for skipping around obviously they didn't do any this year because of the COVID crap and everything but like like when you see like a a ray or a nick schmidt or any of the tyler bowers when they're like you're skipping supercross to go to geneva (laughs) those things are on a different fucking level man like they're just those things i mean they literally like it's not a joke. Like people have chainsaws and air horns. And <laughs> right. Just, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And there's girls dancing that look like better than the girls we have in strip clubs here. Like you're just I don't know. I think I always I always those are always like the special moments for me over there. I, I really enjoyed that stuff and and I think um the first time I ever flipped my dirt bike like out in the hills. Like that was a pretty special one kind of thing, just dirt to dirt kind of thing, because that was all pretty new. Not that many people did that kind of stuff, right? So I think that kind of stuff. Yeah, I always love watching those in the heels stuff. It's just so. It's I don't know. The ramps are cool, but you never know if there was a kicker from the guy before on a dirt hit. Yeah, yeah. Just really being in the moment, and like you're not doing it to make any money. Like that's like when it's truly just you, you know, trying to do something for you. Like I was. I always dug that. Yeah. So we have a listener. Zach C wants to know, uh, is there a good story behind the nickname? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So back in my arena cross days, I mean, I kind of like always, once I hit like puberty and stuff, I kind of always got like a little belly on me. Like I never really, never really lost it. And, uh, (laughs) I remember we were in arena cross. I don't really remember where we were or what town or whatever. Those all kind of blend in together. But Denny Stevenson's dad, out of all people, um, <laughs> I like went off and like every arena cross is track is the exact same, you know, whoops, catapult, right. you go three, two or two, three. Yeah, kind yeah, of thing. Right, right. right. And I like, I went like three, two or two, three. And I clipped my, I clipped my back wheel kind of deal. And uh, went off the berm, and they had the, the bleachers on the very sides, like pushed all the way in, kind of deal. Yeah. And I and I just off the berm, just there was no pulp nets in this one, <laughs> and I just went off the berm and just plowed my forehead in, kind of thing, and slid down the wall, and you know, knocked knocked the crap out of myself <laughs> and stuff like that. And, and I want to say like. Denny's dad, he like said something. He like that's where Taco Bell came from. He's like, I think you had one too many chalupas, Taco Bell. And, <laughs> you know, and it was that's great. It was something like you little fat ass case that thing. Like maybe say off the Taco Bell or something, and then literally like it just stuck. And I 
I mean, that's, I mean, that's freaking over 20 years ago. Kind yeah. Of thing. Wow. That's awesome. Now that's a great story. Yeah. We're just Taco Bell. Yeah. But. You, you've mentioned uh, arena cross and I texted you. We, we just had Pedro on Pedro Gonzalez. He said to tell you hi, by the way, just, yeah, so. I seen him in Texas. That dude's yeah, awesome. Yeah. Houston. Yeah. Me too. That's the first time I'd ever met him. That's, you know, I, I was, oh, sweet. He's a good dude. Um, yeah. So we're, 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 we're a little short on time. So I got a couple more things I want to ask you. Um, yeah. I want to know how the Monster Energy announcing gig came up. Like, I saw you, obviously, at Dallas or at yeah. Houston with the um, – I forget the name of the, the guys doing the, the street bike stuff. But you yeah, you do stuff like that at every event pretty much, and you do NASCAR stuff. Like, how does that come about? It was kind of weird. Like, I had a Monster deal while I was riding freestyle there for a while. And uh, I think everybody kind of knew that I was on my way out. Like, I was pretty over it there my last year or so riding i just wasn't wasn't in it kind of thing and i had kind of like i had announced a couple side gigs here and there like when i like had like a broken leg or something like that for just yeah. random people and uh right when i got done it just happened to be kind of an opening to where monster didn't have anybody and they they approached me and just said hey would you be into doing this kind of stuff and i threw a number out they were cool with it and literally it's just kind of from day one, right when I retired from riding freestyle, it just stuck. And nice. We just, like you said, we do kind of everything, anything that monster has their name on it. Yeah. We call it like activation. So wherever they're doing activation, whether that be, I think one year we did like 17 NASCARs out of the 35 or something last year before when Supercross got clipped, I, I did every single round just bringing up the riders, all of our monster athletes and stuff. Mm hmm. I don't know. It's it's a uh, it's a sweet gig. I, I absolutely love it. Yeah, it was cool. I, I I also you guys did the pit bike races in Houston too, and uh, I I wish I had had a chance. I really want to get Axel on the show, and yeah, I haven't had a chance. Like I I have his dad's phone number, but I can't get a response. Um, oh, yeah, I wish I had uh, I wish I'd hit you up at Houston while he was there to introduce me. But we'll maybe we'll make that happen later in Dallas. Yeah. We're going to be, um, yeah, he's at, Axel will be in, at Arlington 3 we're going to be at. Oh, sweet. And then we're going to also be at Atlanta 1 and 3. Okay, awesome. well, Dallas obviously is our home race. We're two hours away from there. So I, I we'll have to make that connection uh, yeah, with Axel. Yeah, he'll, we'll be there for number three, so we can for sure get some rolling. Awesome. Um, so the last thing I want to get out of you is I texted your, your roommate, A-Ray, and I, oh, I asked for some good <laughs> Kenny Kenny Taco Bell stories. He's like, dude, there's just too many. Every day is is something new. Um, but he did give me the story. He said the first, like, within a week or a month of living with you, like, you walked out of the room butt-ass naked. Um, that That's showing some confidence, I would say. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty comfortable with myself. Wait, wait he, he was a freestyle rider and did things that take yeah. – you know, a little bit of manlyhood. Yeah, so but I'm that, sure he's got plenty of balls to. That, I thought that was pretty funny, though. I, I'm sure A Ray was kind of like, "What the f?" <laughs> well, I mean, we all know. I mean, anybody that knows me knows that I I like to have a good time. Yeah, and uh, I'm definitely not scared of the party for sure. <laughs> and you know, a lot a lot of things changed in my life right around the time when when A Ray moved in with me. He had a freshly single Kenny Bell. <laughs> oh and, yeah. Uh, that, that's dangerous. That's dangerous with an A-Ray. Yeah, you know, I had a, I had a girlfriend for a, a long, long time, and 
freshly single and not afraid to mingle and have some fun. And <laughs> I, he knocked on the door or said something and I opened the door and I didn't honestly just didn't even realize that I was naked kind of thing. And I was just, I'm like, what's up? What do you need? And he's like, dude, you're fucking naked. And I'm like, oh, fuck, man. <laughs> so that's awesome. I might still been a little bit buzzed for the night before. <laughs> yeah, right. No, so that kind of made me want to, I saw that on your Instagram that you were playing, uh, played golf a little bit. And I'm a golfer too. And I just kind of wanted to know oh, yeah. your, your, uh, your beer to par ratio that you ran at a golf course. <laughs> oh man. Well, I will start off with saying that there's a couple trophies downstairs that have golfers on them. Nice. Wow. Nice. Nice. So, and it's, and the reason being is because I have a lot of professionally well golfers and I know how to pick my team. I love I love the golf and during the off season, one of my best friends is Jim driver who drives the pro circuit rig out there. And, uh, for Mitch and we, we golf quite a bit and during the off season, he takes Tuesdays off cause he's in the shop during the week, just getting everything ready to go for the next season. So we golf every Tuesday and, uh, Wednesdays always suck. Luckily the <laughs> golf course is golf course is walking distance. So I live on a golf course. So it, oh, works, nice. it works, it works out pretty well, but, uh, we, we definitely know how to, if, if a golf round costs maybe like. Fifty dollars to play or whatever. Yeah, we'd yeah. probably drink about another hundred fifty. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, Kenny, man, it's uh, I'm glad I finally got to make this happen. Uh, it was really cool to meet you at the uh, Team Fried Race at South Central. Yeah, with Richard. Um, Richard's one of the guys that actually was trying to get me in touch with Axel. Which, uh, but uh, yeah, that was really cool to get a chance to meet you and uh, appreciate you of saying course. you you uh, taking some time to talk to me that day and. Appreciate you coming on the show, and please do me a favor and kick A-Ray in the balls. Yeah, that's easy. He's uh, he's He was supposedly doing some kind of Daytona prep in NorCal or something the last couple of days. So he'll be home a little later, and I'll have to, you know, yell at him and shit. But yeah, yeah. Next time you have old A-Ray on your show, bring me on. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll teach you what. Because I'm that's... basically Alex's dad since his dad's always. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, uh, yes. That's a, that's so... a given. We, that's, that's locked in then. We will make that happen. Yeah, because he's he's a little bitch. That's for sure. <laughs> awesome, dude! I, that that'll be All a blast. Right. We'll schedule that soon. But um, I guess we'll see you in a couple of weeks in Dallas, man. Yeah, we'll see you uh, Arlington three. All right, buddy. Thank you. Take it easy, guys. You too. See ya. see ya. All right, that's Kenny Taco Bell. Um, that was fun, man. Yeah. Yeah, this has been a. Like I said earlier, I I wasn't. I just wasn't feeling the show tonight all day. Like I was. Right. Like, God, I don't want to do it. And I'm, I totally just got sidetracked, but I feel like it's daylight outside because that light yes. is in the corner of my eye. And I keep thinking, why is it so bright outside? <laughs> and it's a stupid light that TJ brought. But anyway, this show has been a lot of fun but so But look far, at that man. video quality we got going yeah. on there. I'm it like, is I, hey, absolutely amazing. If it's working, it if it's making galactic. me look more beautiful than I already did, sweet. It's giving you a nice Star Wars vibe. I know you're about that. I like the dark, Space you know, balls. I, I'm more of the dark side. Yeah, but, he, but everything's white in the... In, in their in their ship. I mean, yeah. Yeah, okay, we're not. Gonna, I'm not going to nerd out right now. So yeah, sure. Okay. All right, let's take our last break, and we'll be back with uh, the Jamison Brothers Racing Team. Awesome. If you want power, then you need Williams Moto Works. Wait, wait, what? What was that? It's the Supercross guy's voice. No, no, it's not. Sounds more like a Hulk Hogan promo. Well, that's good and tough. I like that. Dude, we aren't making a redneck commercial for a professional company like Williams Moto Works. He designs camshafts, built performance motors with CNC porting. So it needs to be tough and cool. 
A company who can reprogram ECUs, hire rev limits, and custom maps needs a professional commercial, dude. So, like, if you want complete power package from cams, portings, transmissions to ECUs, then contact Williams Moto Works at 414-467-6199 or follow them on Instagram at camdesigner or you can even email them at williamsmotoworks, that's williamsmoto, and then w-e-r-x at gmail.com. Okay, that's better. Not good, but better. Fly Racing is back on board with the Moto X Pod show for 2021. What can we say that you don't already know? In 2020, Fly revolutionized the helmet game with the Formula Helmet. For 2021, they brought us the Formula CC with the same Rion technology and a tri-weave composite shell at a fantastic price point. Fly Racing also released the new light pant with a boa in the front. Visit flyracing.com to see everything Fly Racing has to offer from the moto, street, BMX, water, and even mountain bike lines. Once you try Fly Racing, you'll see why riders like the 2020 motocross national champion Zach Osborne, as well as Blake Baggett, gold medalist Connor Fields, and even the beast from the east, Damon Bradshaw, trust Fly Racing. There simply is no better. What's up, guys? This is the 7 Juice Trade out of Intercom. I'm here to tell you about Aturbis USA. For decades, Aturbis has been the leader in motorcycle pocket accessories like full plastic kits, frame guards, chain sliders, hand guards. In 2020, they are the proud sponsors of Red Bull, Factory KTM, Factory Kawasaki, TLD KTM, and Rocky Mountain KTM, as well as many top privateers such as myself. All you got to do is go to AturbiusA.com or call 1-800-659-1440 and y'all better tell them Moto X Pajo sent you. All right, we are back with our next guest of the night. And uh, this gentleman is brought, well, the, the, the whole team, the family, is brought to us by Blood Lubricants. Blood Lubricants has many oil lines for all your needs, whether you race motocross, supercross, side-by-sides, Sprint cars, anything. They have the oil you need. Visit bloodlubricants.com today and use promo code. God, I think it's Moto X or Moto X. I need to figure that out. I got to update the the damn uh, promo codes. But support the show. Use Blood Lubricants. Tonight, Blood Lubricants brings us the Jameson Brothers racing team. First off, it's the the father, Travis Jameson. What's up, dude? How are you doing? Thank you for having us. Appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate you reaching out. Uh, you had sent, uh, I believe, a... Uh, I don't remember if it was a direct message or an email, but just asking if we had people like yourselves on the show. And every once in a while... That's how we, we started. Yeah, we kind of started. We like having listeners and people that aren't industry, quote-unquote. So it's I think it's really cool to give back to the sport and hear all the stories. So let's, let's hear a little bit about your family and your racing team. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah, we've got two boys and uh, a little girl. She's just under a year old but the boys are five and six you had to think and, about that <laughs> yeah well Brantley's looking at me right now saying i'm almost seven. Oh yeah so um yeah they've been riding since they were two they started on stay six did the whole stay six thing with training wheels peeled those off went to pw's ttr 50s now now Wyatt, the youngest, he's on a KTM 50 Mini, and then Brantley's on a Husqvarna 50. So we're like doing the electric that. or the gas? No, uh, gas. Gas. Okay. Yeah, we went we went the gas route. I looked at the electric one, but it just didn't didn't feel right. Right, right. right. 
And you guys do like cross country racing, right? Yeah. So yeah, they're we're doing the off road thing. Yeah. So we're gonna focus on that. Um, kind of taking a little different approach than than I think a lot of people do. We're we're getting in slow. So like I said, they started riding when they were two. Uh, they they ride all the time. You know, we go quite a few different places and whatnot, but we're really pushing the uh, slow down and do it right, do it safe kind of thing instead of just throwing them out there and letting them crash into other kids and get landed on. Right. So we're really, really pushing that, getting the skill and the style down. So we were packed up, ready to go racing last year then COVID. So currently we've got the trailer loaded and we're ready to do some off-road racing the first ones here at the end of the month so awesome where, where are y'all located washington uh washington state gotcha. yeah so in your in your email you mes- mentioned like trying to teach the boys life lessons through the sport uh talk about that because i'm sure a lot of our listeners they have kids and and most of us get into the sport because of family and, and then our riding buddies become the extended family but yeah, talk a little bit about that and what you're trying to teach the boys through the sport and, and how they're reacting to it. Yeah, I would think, yeah, the, the biggest thing that they can learn through the sport and that they have been learning through the sport is, you know, setting goals and the satisfaction that when you complete it, whether it's finally nailing the corner or finally getting the jump, you know, there's been so many times where they pull off the track just grinning ear to ear so proud of themselves that yeah. they, they finally hit the corner or they finally did a roost you know like the first <laughs> thing they ever wanted to do is throw dirt yeah sure so yeah just watching watching them see how they're you know learning and how proud of how proud of themselves that they are and then gosh i mean it teaches kids how to be tough too yeah, true. Is that something that they're they're picking up on? Like if, you know, kids that age, a lot of times they fall down, they get a little emotional. Uh, are they kind of realizing that if you just get back on and go, that it it uh, it's really not that bad? Yeah, you know, it, it's strange. And I don't know if there's other parents out there listening to that can relate to it. But something happens when my kids put their helmets on and they turn into a different person. <laughs> sure, uh, they sure. Could, I've seen them wad up cartwheel across the track and they get up smiling but if they step on a lego they cry for 30 minutes shit so do i (laughs) i dude i don't know it's something about a helmet they they change their whole outlook it's weird i like it it. works (laughs) but you're talking about life lessons or something something that i have noticed from moto that seems that the kids i guess learn better than other sports in my opinion is how to lose you know what i mean yeah. yeah like so they learn that there's only one winner and you know, if you want to be that winner, you have to work for it where everything's not just, you know, you can't blame it on your team. You can't really rely on others. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's you yeah. against and, – and that's a life lesson that I really was I, – I get really – how do I say this? I see it a lot because I've, you know, I've raised kids who ride, and then I look at my buddies who have kids who don't ride, and I can definitely see a difference. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. It does. It's – not to knock team sports or anything, but the whole thing of everybody gets a trophy and everybody wins. Yeah, it's you, you've got to learn to lose, and it teaches them to be a good sport and understand that, hey, to, to win, I don't just have to show up and be a part of the team. I actually have to work my butt off and yeah. figure this thing out. Yeah, Moto's taught me how to be a really good loser, but I'm a terrible winner. <laughs> Finally get it. Thankfully, you don't win very often. So. I don't, but when I yeah. do, everybody knows about it. <laughs> Same. Yeah, Scott, and all, uh, oh, oh, go ahead, go ahead, you, man. 
Oh, no, I say, te- you know, another thing it teaches them is just basic mechanics. I mean, I don't know many other five or six year olds that can change oil or know what righty tidy lefty loosey means or, oh, neat. you know, I, oil a filter. I would have just assumed that you weren't teaching them that at that age. So that's pretty, that's really impressive. Are you going to ride? Yeah. You're going to work on it. Yeah. I like it. You know, that, that's been part of the fun just trying to like absorb the whole process and don't get me wrong. There is a lot of times where I sneak into the garage and do bike work when they fall asleep just sure. so I can knock it out. But sometimes when I'm feeling patient or have had enough caffeine, I'll let them help out. <laughs> Yeah, well, no, they get a kick out of it, man. Well, they, I've got they, two bikes that I could use all the help I can get. So um, <laughs> tell them to come I'll on. Put, but you got something, Scotty. Um, got? Yeah, so oh, I guess first off, were, have you, were you riding before they got into it? Were you, were you, have you grown up in the sport as well? Yeah, yeah, I, I grew up riding and did the whole local racing thing and right. got married and got out of it. And then one day decided to get the little guy a PW and then it all started spiraling downhill again. <laughs> I got you. So, so my question from that is like, so when I, when I looked at start having a family, my, one of the, my biggest fears is that I love the sport so much that I'm scared that I'm going to like it so much that my kid's going to not like it. And I don't want it to like force it down his throat and make, yeah. and make him want to be a motor kid. But in reality, that's all I want. And my son is to go ride with me. Like, how did you kind of like ap- approach it to where they didn't feel like forced to do it, but you still kind of like got them to do it. I don't, it's not the same for every kid. No, I totally know what you're saying. And yeah, it's hard because you want them to get into it and you want them to like it so much because you do. And like you said, it's your dream to have a little boy that can ride with you. And then when you get two of them, it's, it's difficult because like all their kids do, they go through phases. So I've actually found tricks to motivate them. Um, turning on Jagger Craig's YouTube videos or the Deegan's yeah, or like, Saturday morning, if they're feeling kind of lazy or whatever, I'll turn on like the great outdoors and just let it sink in. And within 10 minutes, they're begging me to go ride. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it, it is, it is really hard not to push them, but, and with them, it, it's difficult too. I've noticed because for me, I begged for a dirt bike. I didn't get one until I was like 14 or something. So when I finally got one, all I wanted to do was ride it and them, they've had one since they were in diapers. So I don't That's think cool. they quite understand. And like, we'll go to the track and they'll be like, okay, I rode a little bit, you know, I'll ride next time. And I'm like, well, no ride until you're out of gas. You know, I remember being a kid and like, I don't know when I'm going to get to go again. I'm going to ride until I can't hold on anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And I know what you're all talking about there because my oldest son, he was 13 years old. He rode up to me one day. We were at, we out riding. He was on his 85. He rides up. He's like, Hey dad, I I don't want to ride dirt bikes anymore. And I'm like, just over it. I'm like, okay, what do you want to do? And he's like, I want a computer. He wanted to do computer nerd stuff, and that's what he did. So, I mean, yeah. it, it was know, right? It was a little bit of a like a hard pill to swallow, but yeah. I, I just wanted them to do what they wanted to, right. to enjoy. You know, See, my son was never that into it. He rode for maybe a few months, maybe a year, mm-hmm. and was never that into it. And I was kind of glad because I was always on the track with him and practices, and so stressed out that he was going to crash and I was going to have like, so I was kind of glad I was actually kind of glad when he stopped riding. And also at the time I was, I really couldn't afford for both of us to ride very much. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, sweet. That money can go to me. But anyway, oh, no, that there's a lot of truth. I did not realize how expensive fifties are. I thought, <laughs> yeah, you know, right? like eight and 50 is yeah. a couple grand. 
Dude, a KTM 50 is more money than I used to pay for a 250 S. Yeah. I'm about to say, they're about four grand right now. Jeez. Is it really brand new? Yeah, the, those race right. 50s? Yeah, those hey, wait till your daughter gets a little older, and then she's going to want one. She's going to start working the boys, yeah. and they're going to be mad. Yeah. <laughs> My wife's listening right now, so I can't say exactly how much they cost. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, Travis, let's, uh, let's get Brantley on real quick. Okay. Yeah, he's right here. Hi. Hi, Brantley. How are you, buddy? Good. So you are about to be seven, huh? Yeah. Man, you're you're almost ready for a job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you might have to get a job when you turn seven, so you can start helping pay for race gas. Yeah. You think you're too, maybe a little too young for that, huh? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> so, Brantley, what is your favorite thing about racing dirt bikes? Like about how it goes so fast and yeah. the jumps and ropes and like all the little bumps. <laughs> I love it. Do you, and so I know that you like to do off road racing. Uh, do, are you ever scared about hitting a tree or have you hit a tree? I have not hit a tree in my whole life. That's good because it hurts, dude. Who Who is your favorite racer? Do you have one? Eli Tomac. Oh, oh you're yeah. an Eli fan. Okay. Why do you like Eli? Because he wins almost all the championships on Supercross, and he's really fast and famous. I like it. I like, I like that it. answer. That's a good answer. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to, I'm going to, you won't understand this, but I can cut that, that what, I can take what you just said, and I can make sure that Eli hears that the next time I see him. Um, so I'm going to tell him about you the next time I see him. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> That's cool. Um, Brantley, when you go racing or riding, is it important to you to be faster than your brother? <laughs> Not really. Okay. Oh, so, cool. That's a cool answer. So, does it make you really happy that your brother gets to race with you? Yes. Yeah. What? Tell me one. <laughs> tell me one lesson... Or one thing that your dad or your mom tells you before you go ride? Is there something they tell you every time, like, to be safe or just anything that you can think of? Slow down. Slow down and be safe and tap on. Is that your mom that says slow down? My dad. Okay. (laughs) It's just because he he doesn't want you to be faster than him. Yeah, you probably are faster than your dad, huh? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, So when they tell you to slow down... Do you slow down or do you go faster? I go fast. I just sometimes always break that rule. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's good. How how are you in school? I do homeschool. Good. You do it good. Who is your mom and your dad your teacher or just your mom? Just my mom. Yeah. What is that really cool? Getting to have your mom as your teacher. Yes. That's cool. Yeah, I don't know, Brantley, if I would have liked that because sometimes I wanted to get away from my mom. She was always telling me what to do. I didn't like it. From all time to okay, the grape and I eat grape. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Brantley, do you and do you like your husky? Yes. Uh, have you rode your brother's KTM, or do you just ride your bike? He's on the wait. Brantley's on a Husky and his brother's on a KTM. Gotcha. Have you rode the KTM? No. Okay, so you're 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 a Husky guy. So, 
since you ride a Husky, do you like Zach Osborne? Do you know yeah. Zach? No. Oh, okay. That's all right. He races for the factory Husqvarna team, so he's he's a, a friend of ours also. Um, well, Brantley, it's really, really cool to get a chance to talk to you, and uh, I want to tell people to go follow your family's Instagram page. It's at Jameson, uh, at Jameson, B-R-O-S dot racing, at Jameson Brothers Racing, but we'll, we'll tag that. Brantley, it's really cool talking to you, man, and... Um, I, I will definitely make sure that Eli Tomac hears what you said. Thank you. You're welcome, buddy. Awesome. Let me talk to your brother, Wyatt. <laughs> Is this older or younger brother? Wyatt's younger. Not Wyatt's younger brother. <laughs> They're whispering. Hi. Hi, Wyatt. How are you, buddy? Wyatt's getting a little bit shy. You that's okay. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Um, that's fine, dude. If, he doesn't have to talk if he doesn't want to. He was all ready to, and he just looked at me and whispered, I didn't practice. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay. Just tell tell Wyatt that we uh, we think he's a really cool kid, too. And Dude, your, your, your son, Bradley's voice. That's is awesome. Bradley's voice is the sweetest, coolest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, he's a... Uh... He's really into this. Yeah, yeah that's he, awesome. Well, that's cool. I'm, is, I'm absolutely <laughs> going to cut that audio and make sure that Eli hears it, and maybe maybe we can get him to give a response or something. So we're probably yeah. going to have about like 30 or 40 extra views of this video around the hour and 40-minute mark whenever his family all like tunes in to listen. I like it. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. Well, Perfect. Uh, Travis, it really sounds like you guys are doing an awesome job raising these kids, and I love that – it's a family thing. You know, I saw the picture. It looks like your wife rides a little bit too. Yeah. Well, I bought her a 110 a while ago, which was just an excuse to get another bike in the garage. Sure. Sure. She's not listening. The other day for the first time. So, okay. That, you know, I, that's, that's the plan. I, I had a bike and I actually just finally sold it because it was just too much trying to ride and take the kids and everything. So yeah. I just sold I was still worth something just so I could focus on them and help them and kind of see, see where we take this thing. How old are you, Travis? 34. Okay. Yeah, man. You got quite the little family going. Uh, that's, that's really sweet and special. I think it's, it's cool to have people like you, uh, reach out to us and hear your stories. And again, on Instagram at Jameson bros, B R O S dot racing, go give them a follow. You can see all the cool stuff they're doing and you know, just enjoy the, the family aspect of the racing. Uh, Travis, before we let you go, is there anything else you want to talk about? Anything you want to mention? I know you have some sponsors, uh, including Guts Racing, who is a sponsor of the wrap-up show, the Pulp Wrap-Up Show I do. Yeah, no, thank you. Absolutely. Yeah, I'd like to give a huge thank you to Smoky Point Cycle Barn. Uh, Rachel up there, she's the kid's hero. Thank you oh, for all nice. your support. Uh, Guts Racing, uh, Yeti, X-Brand, uh fly pro taper yeah thanks thank you everybody oh wow yeah you got a lot of the same sponsors as we do and i, I guess i didn't right. realize that with fly and then i, I know parabino's a little bit which, which he's at renthal now but uh yeah. yeah and then of course x brand yeah the mm -hmm. the lucid goggles man they're uh i should have them next week i'm, I'm ready i know we have some ordered yeah we haven't got our lucids yet i'm i haven't put an order in yet well I need to. The, the the container 
he only, you know, a lot of people are asking, like, because they sold out so fast. He only got a few in, like 50 of each color in when he got the first drop shipment. Then he uh-huh. got an airdrop shipment a couple weeks ago to fill some orders he had to fill. But the container has been sitting off the coast on a ship for five weeks. It's now in port. He got the email. I talked to him yesterday, and he had gotten mm-hmm. the email the day before. So he expects to have the container any day now. And uh, those things should be back on the website by next week and ready to go. So um, can't wait to get mine. But Travis, um, really, man, it's been cool to talk to you guys. I appreciate you reaching out. Uh, and I love hearing from people like yourselves and appreciate the support of the show. Yeah, absolutely. We'll keep watching. Thank you, guys. Have a good evening. Yeah, you too. And if you guys ever uh, have any questions or if you ever want to say anything ugly about TJ, please <laughs> send those messages and we'll make sure they get heard. <laughs> You got it. See you guys. Thanks, man. See ya. Awesome. Travis. Uh, Oh, bye. (laughs) Uh, Thanks to the Jameson. That's Travis Jameson and his boys, Brantley and Wyatt. I think that's cool, man. I I don't know. I don't know if all of the listeners are that interested in that, right? I I have no idea. But I'm interested in that stuff because, again, as we say, you can only talk to Zach Osborne so many times and on so many shows and what what else is he gonna say? And we, ha- I mean, we take chances on different people on the show because, like, a lot of people are like I don't want to hear the kid talk, but listen how good that 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 kid did. I mean, he was like his voice; it was very clear. He was concise. Yeah, yeah. He answered the questions. That was the I'm sure this freaking voice. Sure, mom and dad were back there coaching a little bit, but sure. that's but still, you're getting I mean, to hear some of his answers. Seven. Some of his answers were very candid and yep. were not because we asked him some. Very strange questions, and he right, you know, yeah, got yeah. the spot. So I think that's that awesome. was good. So yeah, thanks to them. And I talked to Shand this weekend at Freestone. He was out there announcing. Yeah, yeah. And we were talking about that's how we started this show was talking to the Just local, the local racers, the guy, and that kind of stuff. So we've always stuck to our roots. Yeah, that's how I'm here. Just because I randomly talked to you one night, and y'all gave me a chance, and so like you know. Yeah, we're hey, still questioning. Yeah, that, but the same. Yeah. <laughs> don't count your chickens right, just yet. All right. <laughs> All right, I want to thank, once again, our title sponsor, uh, Cherubies USA, X-Brand Goggles, Torque One Racing, Shock Socks, speaking of Shan Garcia, All Sport Dynamics, Blood Lubricants, Fly Racing, Power Band Racing, Berm Lords Graphics, and Jersey ID, uh, our Jerky, Williams Motor, Wor- Williams Motor Works, and Extreme Colors. Can, can I give a shout-out to uh, Jesse no. at Williams Motor Works real quick? Yeah. I had some, some, I guess, self-inflicted issues this week getting Doc's bike ready for Daytona mm-hmm. and um, totally my fault. In a long story short, he, he was Johnny on the spot. Like he got me the parts. He had them sitting on the shelf. He overnighted them, got them there quickly. Um, actually cut me a deal on the parts too. Didn't just like rate me when he knew yeah. I was in, in, yeah. in a bind. And I just want to give him a, a shout out. That dude's amazing. I know one of our listeners, Titzloff is out there, been over there working with him and, and stuff like that. So, but like I said, I just want to give Jesse a huge shout-out. Guys, if y'all yeah. need any kind of motor work, if you just have questions, he has the answers. He knows. I, I sent him some pictures about some things to make sure I was doing something right because the KTMs are still kind of new to me. And he was able to, with some just rando pictures, shoot me in the right direction and had me up and going. And we got the bike started right before I came over here. So Nice. Yeah, Jesse's yeah. an amazing dude. Y'all, like, There's very few people I trust working. Oh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> There's very few people I trust working on motor stuff uh, because you, know, you never know who you're sure. dealing with. Yeah, you never know what you're going to get. So I want to give him a shout-out and make sure everybody knows that he's somebody who can be trusted and will do the right thing. 
Yeah, and it's honestly like the commercial is one of my favorite commercials we do. But um, every time something comes up with William Motor Works, all of our buddies when they when they when they're around me like Williams Motor Works. I love it. Uh, but check him out on Instagram, and then if you guys want to contact him, or it's his Instagram is at Cam, as in Cam on a bike, mm-hmm. at Cam Designer, and you can email him at Williams Moto Works W E R X at Gmail dot com. Uh, and his phone number is 414-467-6199. Or just hit us up at MotoXPodShow, at gmail.com, and we can get you guys lined out. Um, so once again, the Fly Racing Podium Stand, email us at that same email. Uh, Pedro Gonzalez's best finish in 1993 was what, where, and who won that race. And we will announce a winner in two weeks. If you guys are interested in the sizzling hot our jerky. Tell me, uh, tell me what Kenny Taco Bell. If you guys listen to the whole commercial, the whole interview, what did Kenny Taco Bell do right after A Ray moved in? Let's give us. There you go. Same email, motoxpodshow at gmail.com. We'll pick and, and maybe I tell you what. Tell me what he did, what he said he did in the story, and then tell me something that you've done or bit I've witnessed. That's a funny story that <laughs> maybe the funniest story like, with will a win. roommate. I love it. Uh, husband, wife, girlfriend. Give us a funny story. We'll pick a winner for the sizzling hot jerky, and if nobody enters, then I'll eat it my damn self. Other than that, patreon.com if you want to support the show. Search us out, patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. Other than that, that is a wrap for episode 191. Thanks, TJ. Thanks, uh, Scotty. I think we're doing a show next week. We should probably do a show next week. I won't be here. You won't be here. Uh, Dallas week, if for some reason we do not do a show next week, Dallas week is going to be really weird because we're racing Tuesday when we normally do the show. Steve has moved his show to Wednesday night, which means we can't do a show because I got to listen and I got to do the wrap up show Thursday night. So Scotty show, maybe just drop some interviews. Yeah. Or maybe we'll do something Monday night. Just stay tuned. Dallas week is going to be kind of iffy. A lot going on. A lot of crazy stuff. I'll be in Dallas almost the whole week. Other than that, you guys, anything else? Either one of you. I'm good. Okay, thanks guys, we're out. See ya.